morning, church. I've been gone for two weeks and nothing has changed. Let me try again. Good morning, church. Thank you. Man, I missed you guys. My family and I took a vacation for two weeks and every Sunday, these past two Sundays, I'd look at my wife and I'd say, man, I missed Grace family, which is true, but I'm glad to be back. Good to see every single one of you. I love you guys and I missed you guys. Before I get started, let me just say that we are starting our nominations for our deacons, our future leaders here at Great Bible Church. This is not a popularity contest, but if you know men who fit the qualifications that we see biblically in 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus, men who have been generous in serving and being involved in church, if you recognize those men, nominate them. How do you do that? You go to our webpage, gracelaredo.org. There's a little tab as soon as you open our webpage. Click on that and you get to nominate our future leaders here at Grace Bible Church. About three years ago, I was working out and I thought, you know what? I'm ready for a heavier weight. I'm ready to curl a heavier weight. I've been working out. I'm ready for this. So I picked up a five-pound dumbbell. And as I started curling, pop, oh, something wasn't right. But I continued to work out and work out. And the pain got worse and worse and worse. So I went to the doctor. He gave me a shot and he said, look, you need to take it easy. Don't work out for two to three weeks. And I thought to myself, estas loco, you're crazy. So what did I do? Cabezón, I kept on working out. And you know what? The pain is still there. The pain has gotten worse. I Googled it, and it's called tennis elbow, but it also hurts here. So I have golf elbow, tennis elbow, all sorts of elbow, and the pain is getting worse. It hurts. And I mention this because some of you have past hurts that still hurt. Someone in your life has hurt you. Some of you have been cheated on. Some of you have been taken advantage of. Someone maybe has abused you. We are sinful people living in a sinful world, so we hurt each other. But I think a lot of you are denying the hurt. And that's why whether you like it or not, the hurt still hurts. And how do you know if this is true? When you think of that person's name, when someone else mentions their name, you get angry. When you see a post on Facebook, your mood changes completely. Why? Because you have not been healed correctly. Your past hurt, again, still hurts. You have not healed. And most of us, if we're honest, the way we deal with pain, the way we deal when someone has hurt us, we stay angry. We stay bitter. But what happens is this, anger will turn into bitterness. And if you don't heal, that bitterness will harden your heart. Others of us handle it differently. We just deny it. I'm not hurt. Or maybe we want to be healed, but we don't know how to be healed. Whether you're 
holding on to anger or denying that you've been hurt, what happens is that you are being held back from moving forward. Your pain, your past hurt is keeping you from moving forward. So no matter how you're dealing with your hurt, if you're not dealing with it properly, you are not who God has called you to be. See, holding on to anger and bitterness changes you. It changes how you live. It changes who you trust. It, it really makes you insecure. And God doesn't want this. The enemy does. The enemy wants to hold you back from moving forward. Look what Jesus says in John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you joy. Today we continue our series that we've entitled Wonder Why. Two weeks ago we opened up our series by answering the question, why is there evil in this world? Next week... We're going to answer the question, why does God allow me to go through trials? The week after that, we're going to answer the question, why do we need to pray? If God knows everything and he's a sovereign God, why must I pray? And we're going to conclude our series by biblically answering the question, why God sometimes feels so far away, like he's not there. But today... We're going to answer the very tough question of why forgive. Why forgiveness is necessary. And here's a short answer to this question. Forgiveness ultimately brings peace. Forgiveness gives you freedom. It heals the hurt. If you go through the process of forgiveness, your anger, your bitterness, your hardened heart changes. It brings peace and think about it. Isn't that what you want? Peace, freedom, and joy. God wants you to have this. We just read John 10.10. 10, and that's why he doesn't ask you to forgive. He tells you to forgive. Paul writes in Colossians 3. He says this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also may consider forgiving. Think about forgiving depending on the offense. No. So you also must, must, must forgive. If you consider yourself a Christ follower, a believer in Jesus Christ, we do not have an option. We need to forgive as we have been forgiven. Not an option. Forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness hurts. Now, some of you are probably feeling a little uncomfortable right now. 
thinking, oh man, I've, I've heard forgiveness before. And just the topic, just the fact that I'm mentioning this may make you angry. And some of you, I, I'm willing to bet, are sitting here thinking, if you only knew, dude, the pain that they caused me. If you only knew the pain that they continue to hit me with. Listen, I don't know your pain. I don't know your hurt. But I do know, church, I do know what it feels to be hurt. Growing up, as a little boy, my parents would argue. When I was in sixth grade, my dad left. Don't you think that hurt? Not being able to have my friends spend the night because I, don't, I didn't know if my parents would argue that night. That's hurt. So I know, trust me, I know what it means to hurt. But through this healing process, the hurt goes away. So what I want to do today is I want to cover five things Five things that I consider the healing process. And me being me, I came up with an acronym. So I use the word peace. Ultimately, through these five things, we will receive peace. The process of forgiveness, if we're obedient and faithful to God, will ultimately bring us peace. So here is the process. First thing. In peace, the letter P is pray. We need to pray. Prayer is so important. You need to ask God to humble you so that you can forgive. Because think about it. Ultimately, ultimately, a lot of us don't forgive because we're prideful. Well, they hurt us. They owe us. It's all about pride. Humble yourself, ask God, pray to God so that you can forgive whomever has hurt you. James writes this in James 4 verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Paul, Ephesians 4 verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness. With patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The first step in the healing process that brings us peace is prayer. But not only do you need to pray for yourself, you need to pray for them. Now you're probably saying, I'm going to pray for them, all right. I pray that they get ronchas all over the body. They get piojos. I pray that they suffer. No. That's not what we're called to do. Look what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Anybody can do that. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus is saying, love the people, the person that has hurt you. Pray for them. Pray that they are blessed. Pray that they are safe. Show them grace. How, how God has shown us grace. 
So you're able to forgive the way God has forgiven us through Christ Jesus. Pray. How many of you have ever heard the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father? I hope some of us, because not a hand is raised, but okay. I'm willing to bet most of us have. But I want to read it for you again. Matthew 6, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, verse 12, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Did you catch that? Father, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. We are praying, Father, forgive me the way I'm forgiving others. That's our prayer. See, ultimately, church, forgiveness flows through you to you. It flows to you and then through you. It's double. It doesn't stay with you. It needs to continue so others might see how you have been forgiven. So others, maybe through your forgiveness of them, you can bring them to Christ Jesus. We are called to forgive the way that we have been forgiven. But in this process, not only do we need to pray, we need to E, embrace reconciliation. Embrace reconciliation. If possible, try to reconcile. See, in an argument, the winning goal, the ultimate goal is not who is right and who is wrong. Ultimately, you should be right, right towards each other. If possible, Try to reconcile that broken relationship. Paul writes this in Romans 12, verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Possible. It's very important. I love what one pastor says. He says this. There's a big difference between forgiveness and fellowship. Big difference between forgiveness and being reconciled and being in relationship with that person. Forgiveness is I do. And we've established that. You need to forgive. It's not an option. It's on you. You must forgive. Now, fellowship is conditional. It says, is we, we do if and only if. Only if. You may be able to establish a relationship. You may be able to embrace a reconciliation if that person has changed, if there's true repentance. Not saying, I'm sorry. It's really repenting of what they've done to you. If you can build trust with that person, if you can honor them, if there's respect again in the relationship, only if, then you can embrace reconciliation. Mend that broken relationship. It's very important. Hear me, church. It's very important to realize that forgiveness does not mean forgetting. It doesn't mean that you have to forget everything. Oh, I've forgiven them. Let's make up and everything is fine like nothing happened. That's not what it means. If someone were to hurt my boys, really hurt my boys, I, as a Christian, am called to forgive and I will forgive them. But it doesn't mean that I have to establish a relationship with them. 
It doesn't mean that they, they get to come over during Thanksgiving and have dinner with us. That's not what we're called to do, if possible. Paul writes to, to Timothy in 2 Timothy, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. If they're not changing, then a relationship may not be possible. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And I love this. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Through your patience and your kindness and your gentleness, you may lead them to Christ. But then again, it may not. It may not be possible. Relationship sometimes cannot be restored because of an addiction. A person doesn't change their bad habits because of an abuse. If you're in, a, an, ab in an abusive relationship that that person says, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm sorry, but you don't see a change in them, you do not need to establish a relationship with them. Look what Paul writes to Titus, chapter 3, verse 10. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with them. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Forgiveness is a process. It doesn't happen immediately. But it does require for us to pray. To embrace reconciliation. And also, this is so important, we need to acknowledge the hurt. Acknowledge the hurt. The hurt that's been done to you. Don't ignore it. Don't minimize it. Don't pretend that you're over it. Don't pretend that it never happened. You need to acknowledge it. You, you need to face it. You need to face it. You need to feel it in order to forgive it. There's no... Other way, you need to acknowledge that you've been hurt and the hurt is real. There's a great story found in Genesis of a young man named Joseph. And I think most of you are familiar with this story. I'm not going to get into details. But Joseph sold by his older brothers into slavery. And for all his life, most of his life, he goes through some horrible trials. But eventually, Joseph gets to be second in command under Pharaoh. And there's a great famine in all of Egypt. And Joseph is, con is in control of all the food. And his brothers that have hurt Joseph horribly have to come to him. They don't know who he is, but they have to come to him and beg for food. And watch how Joseph responds. Genesis 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And what did he do? He cried. He acknowledged that he had been hurt by the people in front of him, his very own brothers. He cried. And he says, make everyone go out for me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brother. He didn't ignore it. He didn't say, I'm over it. Look at me. I'm a big shot. I am second in command. I am strong. No. He was hurt. He acknowledged it. And so he cried. And through this process... Joseph was able to forgive his brothers. But he first had to acknowledge it and had to pray. 
for many years, church. I denied the hurt. I pretended I'm all right. My dad and I had a great relationship. But as I look back now, it wasn't really the relationship that a father and a son could have. And I went off to college and I told myself, look at me. I turned out pretty good, right? A son of divorced parents. I'm not hurt. I denied it for many, many years. But the hurt was there. And I would not acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge the hurt. Peace through forgiveness. The process that brings us peace is prayer. Embracing reconciliation. You need to acknowledge the hurt. And it requires for you to completely surrender punishment. This is huge. We need to completely surrender punishment. And some of you are probably saying to yourselves, yeah, I've forgiven them. But you're asking God to punish them for your hurt. And some of you, will you admit it or not, every chance you get, you bring up that hurt in that relationship. Well, do you remember how you hurt me so and so these past years? You bring it up. And I, I see it all the time in marriage counseling. Some of you use that hurt as leverage in the relationship. That's not what we're called to do. We're, we're called to completely surrender any sort of punishment to them and give them to God. Paul writes this in Romans 12. Pay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, again, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never, never avenge yourselves, but leave it. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Give that punishment, that anger, and give it to God. God will work in them as God is working in you. We need to completely surrender punishment. I need to say this because it's so important. I, I want to make a great distinction of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Again. Forgiveness, forgiveness is peace. Forgiveness brings you freedom. Forgiveness is what we're called to do. Forgiveness is not justifying their actions. That's not what we're called to do. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to let them off the hook. It doesn't mean you have to guarantee that you guys will be reconciled and the relationship will be all honky-dory. That's not what it means. And again, forgiveness does not mean forgetting. See, ultimately, church, forgiveness is for your good, not theirs. Forgiveness changes your heart back to the way God wants your heart to be. Lastly, in this process, if possible, establish a conversation. Establish a conversation. Make some time to talk to that person that has hurt you. Write them a letter. Letting them know that they have been forgiven. That you no longer hurt. Romans chapter 14 verse 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. 
Peter writes in 1 Peter 4, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers pain. Love covers hurt. Love them. If possible, establish a time to talk, a conversation. It's huge. I went through this healing process without knowing I had gone through this healing process. I think it was about 15 years ago or maybe even 12 years ago. I called my dad up. I said, hey, let's, let's, go, let's go get a coffee. Again, we had an okay relationship, but I realized that something wasn't there. We sat, sat at Starbucks outside. And the first thing I told my dad was, dad, I forgive you. And he started crying. And I started crying. And he said, I know I'm not the father I should have been to you and your brother. He said, I, I wasn't the husband I should have been to your mom. And I'm sorry. And I said, Dad, I know. But I forgive you. I truly forgive you. And at that moment, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with my dad. And I told him, how we've been saved by grace through faith. And he said, no, not me. I've done too many horrible things. I said, Dad, while we were still sinners, and he couldn't get it, and he didn't get it. But I think it was about eight months after that, he called me and he said, I'm ready. I realize I realized what forgiveness means. I realized how God has forgiven me from all my sins. And he said, I want to get baptized. I had the honor, church, of baptizing my father. <laughs> See, God used this healing process to reconcile a son to his father. And you know when I knew that I had been healed, for most of my life, on my contact for him, I had put Mr. Aranda, and then I changed it, and now it reads, Dad, Dad, thank you. Not the nose, I promise. It was a long process, church. It was a hurtful process, church. But God did the same thing to you and to me. God used his son to reconcile sinful persons to him. How was that process accomplished? At the cross. Now think about it. Think about it for just a moment. Realize Jesus carrying this cross in pain and suffering. He could have, and I think he should have just dropped the cross and said, forget it. Why? Why should I go through all this pain? For them? They caused this on themselves. But no. He embraced reconciliation. As a matter of fact, he embraced reconciliation with joy. You want to talk about suffering, church. You don't think Jesus acknowledged the pain? You don't think 
having a crown of thorns hurts? You don't think as they nailed nails to his hands, that didn't hurt? Yeah, he acknowledged the pain. Let me ask you, do you really, really think that it was nails that held Jesus to the cross? He could have easily just called from heaven angels to come and rescue him. He could have easily called an earthquake and the ground should have opened up and everybody who was hurting him should have died, but he didn't. You know why he hung on the cross? Because of love. Because of the love that he has for you. Because of the love that he has for me. Because anyone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ... And knows in their heart that his sacrifice and his resurrection was sufficient for the forgiveness of our sins. Can be reconciled to our heavenly father. But you know what else? As he hung on the cross, he prayed. And you know what he prayed? Luke chapter 23, he said this. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. For they do not know what they do. Forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness requires prayer for us to embrace reconciliation, acknowledge the hurt, completely surrender punishment, and establish a conversation. It's a process. But if we follow this process, we will receive the peace that surpasses all understanding. Imagine, church, imagine if you could have a life of peace, how would it change you? Imagine letting go of the hurt. Imagine having the freedom. Imagine being healed. How would your life change? How would your family change? How would your marriage change? How would your relationship change? You would be able to move forward the way God wants you to be fo move forward. You'll be able to be the person that God has called you to be. So the answer to the question, why forgive? Forgiveness brings peace. Forgiveness will bring you peace. Here's how I want us to end today. I want us to recite this prayer on the screen behind me. I'm going to put it up. I want you guys to pray this prayer. Mean it in your heart. Because I know, because I know some of you are, are holding on to past hurts. And the first step in this process, the process of, of peace through forgiveness is to pray. So will you guys pray this out loud. And take a picture if you need to pray this over and over and over again till you feel the healing. So begin to pray, please. Father God. the healing begin, church. Let me close in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much 
that your word is true. And I know, I know it's hard to forgive. Father, you have forgiven us through your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you so much that you accomplished this. That you didn't quit on us. That you still don't quit on us. I thank you for your sacrifice, for your love and your mercy. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give every single one of us the power to move forward. The power to be free. To have peace. I pray that we can really forgive. And that we can be a church of forgiveness and love. So that others can see how we have been forgiven of so, so much. We love you, Father. We praise you. And we say all these things in your son's name. Amen. I missed you, church. Love you, church. God bless you guys.